Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people, and welcome to our show. By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome to our show as well. It doesn't matter who you are. Just uh, listen to our audio podcast or watch live stream on Facebook. And I'm excited today to discuss about multi-channel approach with Dale Davis. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And how are you today? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, I think the, uh, when you set up uh, positive attitudes in the morning, when you wake up, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter what day is. Uh, yeah, it's better to set up this uh, mindset and you, you can feel uh, good every day. You know, for example, I think happiness uh, depends on you. It doesn't matter. You have money, you have resources what, uh, or where you are. It's better to be positive. Uh, for example, the last time I started to uh, avoid negative uh, feeling uh, by reading mm. negative comments uh, some terrible news uh, um, even you know uh, i live in ukraine and uh, we have a war from uh, 2014 yeah it's a pity but you know it's interesting that uh, i stopped reading this news uh, <laughs> about uh, the situation because yeah i i uh, we have one life <laughs> and yeah i have no time to regret about this uh, hope uh, things will be much better okay uh before we start introduce a little bit about yourself your background and uh, yeah go ahead yeah absolutely uh, i completely agree with you about like starting the day off right like uh you know if you get up at the right time and do the right things in the morning some people do yoga some people do fitness things like that i think that really helps a bit of meditation can't harm anyone uh but yeah uh so uh hi everyone um everyone watching and everyone listening via podcast my name is dale davies i'm the head of marketing exposure ninja a 100 uh, remote digital marketing agency um based out of the uk and we've been remote since 2014 so we're uh old pros at this uh remote business yeah great great okay uh you decided to take this topic about multi-channel marketing approach uh I know why you, ch you chose this topic because uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think, uh, yeah, because things change fast. Uh, we don't know what uh, platforms can uh, change. Uh, for example, Google uh, changes its algorithm over uh, 4,000 times a year and uh, provided uh, uh, 100,000 times uh, testing different formats. And uh, yeah, yep. sometimes you can put all X to one basket and uh, lose. Uh, okay. Uh, um let's talk about multi-channel approach uh where to start uh well the first thing you got to do is understand where your audience is uh so you know you really should diversify and be in every channel that makes sense to your business and the only way you're going to know that is to do your research beforehand so first of all identify which networks uh your uh, target market is going to be um you know, spending their time, um, you know, with some products, if you're in e-commerce, a lot of that, uh, audience is going to be spending time on Instagram, perhaps, or on TikTok, TikTok nowadays, uh, or it might be that you have a very informational based product, you know, like maybe a service or software. If you're a SaaS company, uh, you might have a lot of informational, uh, searches that you could be tapping into via search engine optimization and trying to get yourself to the top of Google for your uh, branded, well, not your branded terms, that comes much later. Um, 
but yeah, you really have to do your research beforehand. There's no point just setting up a website and then just hoping that people are going to come. You got to make sure you do your promo promotion in the right places. So yeah, uh, good kind of area to start with is to you know use a bit of keyword research. Um, that's a really good topic, which I believe you have some videos on as well. Uh, so <laughs> make sure you go and watch those on YouTube. Um, uh, but yeah, but it's also going into the community and speaking directly with people. Now, I love data and, uh, you know, I, I love the data that you can get from SE ranking or Ahrefs or SEMrush, whatever your, your preference is. Uh, but I like getting onto websites like Quora or Reddit and just hanging out and just kind of seeing what people talk about, what kind of terminology they use. But more than anything else, one of my favorite things to do is um, to call people up, just just be either face to face with someone or to get on the phone, offer them a you know, 20 pound, 25 dollar, uh, 20 euro Amazon voucher in, in, you know, in return for their time. But just start asking them questions about, OK, before you became our customer or you know, before choosing the, the company you went with in the end, what, what was your mindset? What were you thinking? Did you originally start thinking about it because of something you saw on Pinterest? You know, there's there's, there's a bazillion questions you could possibly ask, but yeah, it all comes down to that research first. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, but you know, I want to just add something uh, to this point. Uh, I think, um, uh, of course, you can uh, learn where your audience is. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, the best thing what you can do to know the platform. For example, uh, your audience might be on Pinterest, but you love Instagram, you know. <laughs> And I often see when some influencers uh, proclaimed, for example, um, they know that their audience. Uh, Uh, is on different platforms, but they love to spend time on uh, some platforms. They know exactly how it works. That's why I usually uh, tell <laughs> my clients, uh, if you feel confident with uh, some platforms, just jump there. Yeah, why not? Mm. Uh, for example, you, you can get uh, even from TikTok, um, uh, where we have uh, young audience. But if you love to spend time to film these short videos, why not? You can uh, get the audience and come customers there just convert to different formats considering your brand name yeah and of course uh, the second thing is to uh, search for uh, your audience on different platforms okay uh, let's talk about focusing for example um, uh, when I started to promote my uh, brand uh, after uh, uh, deciding to extend my business to English-speaking countries uh, including mm. UK US Canada um, I um, grew my uh, company in Ukraine uh, in the number seven position uh, according to a few studies uh, number 15 in Russia not bad but you know it's mm. interesting that um, uh, when uh, I decided to start from English-speaking countries I got it that uh, nobody knows me Uh, my name is no name, you know, uh, it's true, but uh, so it's starting from scratch, you know, yeah, everyone starts from scratch. Uh, but um, I found that uh, uh, most marketers are on Twitter and uh, I decided to find the gaps and I found these gaps on LinkedIn, you know, uh, where I spend mm. time because uh, I think uh, from um, 750 million people, only 3 million people uh, post content on LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, you can yeah. get high engagement on one platform. And uh, tell uh, about focusing. For example, um, uh, I, I try to repurpose my content on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, but I found that I can uh, lose attention to one platform. You can't be uh, good everywhere. Uh, what you can do uh, at that point, for example, uh, to... Uh, 
instead of covering everything, just uh, prioritize your time with, with one platform. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, multi-marketing approach doesn't work at that point. Yeah, it's a really, really interesting um, uh, thought because I'm like a big fan of the Pareto principle of like, you know, uh, 80% of your effort returns 20% of your results or the reverse. And um, yeah, I've seen like companies where on my own websites in the past when I used to do like a travel website that did pretty well. Um, I put all of my weight into one platform and it's great and it does really, really well. But then if something changes along the way, you know, we, I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to this, but you know, if, if Google changes their algorithm, for, for instance, or Facebook changes their algorithm, makes organic just, you know, drop off a cliff. You're then in a really bad position where you're then doing a lot of catch up to see if you can still keep those leads coming in. So if you've got 100 leads coming in every week or every month, for example, and now Google or Facebook drop uh, your visibility, where are all those 100 leads going to come from? So you can really double down and just dive into that one channel and completely own it. Like in your example, where you've determined that uh, sorry, LinkedIn, in your case, is a really fantastic channel for you. Brilliant be a thought leader there be in the top one percent great but what happens if something changes there you might still be in the one percent but what about if you start losing 50 percent of your visibility that means 50 percent of your leads are possibly going to disappear as well so yep definitely put a high focus on the areas that work for you but make sure that you have like some form of backup that you're not having to switch to overnight that it's already ticking along and you can just turn up the amplitude on that if you need to yeah, yeah, valuable. Okay, uh, you know, uh, I have a friend, uh, Bridget Heisen, and she has mm. over uh, 4 million followers on LinkedIn, a lot. Just and, a few. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot. And, you know, she reached out to me and asked, uh, you know, uh, something happened with LinkedIn. I lost my engagement uh, because uh, she got, um, I don't remember exactly, like 50,000 comments on one post. A lot, you know, that wow. was crazy. You know, yeah, she, she's a big influencer. I can't tell that she has time to speak to me you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah uh, she's very busy but you know it's interesting that when she reached out to me to ask uh, you don't uh, you know what happened with linkedin um i replied to her uh yeah it's better to use multi-channel approaches uh i can't tell that uh she changed her mind, but today I see that she uh, posts a lot of content about her YouTube channel. She grew on YouTube mm. as well. She got, uh, if I remember correctly, like uh, 130,000 subscribers. Uh, not bad, you know. Uh, not bad and, yeah, and uh, uh, she uh, told me uh, that was good uh, time to start on YouTube. It even uh, was better time to start earlier, but <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. But uh, uh, we, we don't know. We can't predict the future. And yeah, Absolutely. she did it. She did it because of losing this engagement. Um, okay, uh, uh, share your insights. Uh, how to choose channels? For example, we know. Uh, channels uh, i mean like two approaches when you love to spend time and uh, where your audience is uh, okay if i know uh, these channels uh, what's the next step 
Uh, really good question. I mean, you've really start to you've got to think out like the uh, the creation process. So basically, if you have decided that you have uh, two channels that are really perfect for you, one you really enjoy making content for, and one that is going to be hard work, you don't really enjoy it, but you know that there's going to be an ROI from that. You then got to decide how you're going to make it work in terms of your know, time management, resources, stuff like that. So start to do your research about what do people like about those particular uh, platforms. So let's say one of them is search, and the other one is I don't know, uh, Snapchat, because, you know, Snapchat still exists. You've got to understand exactly what it is that, pe that people are searching for and what works well on with Google or SEO. You also need to know what people really like about Snapchat or Snapchat ads too. So again, do your research, start spending time in those two marketing channels and see what other people are doing, but also look for gaps. Like more importantly, it's all very good to to kind of replicate what's already go doing well. But if you can have a slight edge on other people, then you're going to start to be the person that gets picked up or the website or business or what have you that starts to gain that attention, gain notoriety, perhaps. So let's say Snapchat, for example, if I uh, create an account that just does, you know, completely behind the scenes of a business you've never seen before, people, people might be like, oh, that's really interesting. I've never actually seen how that product is made or how this service is delivered. Uh, like, for example, with TikTok, a lot of the channels that I happen to follow um, through a personal account like weird how things are made um accounts like how like how a plumber does their work or how somebody who's a, a retailer does their job or there's like really weird 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 stuff there what people wouldn't imagine to be interesting people actually really really interested in um or you can just take the completely opposite approach, so like just be completely bizarre like um uh, last week i was looking at uh, the ryanair account on tiktok they're doing really, really weird stuff, but they understand the platform and they know that people are into that. They're looking for a bit of entertainment. Like there's recent statistics that showed that, um, I believe it's the last 12 months, TikTok has basically become like the most viewed platform for video. People are spending like 24 hours in a week just watching TikTok more. That's like an extra hour above what YouTube is getting or something, something along those lines. Um, yeah, people just kind of understand, okay, people want to be entertained, let's entertain them. We don't have to just broadcast this boring stuff about, oh, we have a new flight and it's for the, between these two places and it's going to cost this much. You could do something really fun. You could do dancing. You can use whatever's trending, the music that's trending, the memes that are trending, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, do your research and just see what works, but also what's not been done before or what could be done a little bit different. So that's what, that would be my approach to... Uh, um, using channels when you identify which ones you want to uh, work on. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I was expecting yeah. that. I'll take it. Yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bill, valuable. And, you know, okay, let's talk about gaps. Uh, for hmm. example, um, uh, and uh, I, I like all your points, especially about differentiate uh, from yourself, from others, I mean, like from competitors. And uh, uh, I often see when uh, uh, marketers use uh, uh, the approach to um, uh, trying to steal uh, traffic and sales from successful competitors. Uh, for example, uh, I tell my clients, don't do it. Don't try to overcome uh, your competitors because uh, they might have strong positions uh, with uh, mm. something, for example, 
example, they have high quality content. It's hard to overcome this content. Uh, or, for example, they have some uh, authority, a lot of backlinks, uh, mentions. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when uh, marketers uh, or masters use uh, some paid tools like uh, SEMrush, HRS, Moz, they uh, are searching uh, what their competitors do. And uh, But their competitors have uh, muscles, you know, <laughs> at that point. And, uh, yeah, and uh, when you uh, set up uh, pay-per-click campaigns or uh, create the same SEO content, you mm. can't overcome them. And I love your point about gaps. Can you share more insights, for example, with SEO? How to find these gaps? Uh, well, yeah, gap analysis, I absolutely love. I do it for all the kind of channels that I'm working on. So if it's SEO or YouTube, so uh, our agency has a, uh, a fairly successful YouTube channel. And part of that is looking into the gaps there. Like there are uh, you know, obviously other big SEO channels out there and they're dominating some of the terms that we want to appear for. But, you know, it's not going to happen overnight that we start ranking for those. So it's better to look into what you know topics aren't being covered or are not being covered very well or like one of my things is like you you do the same keyword research with youtube as you would with seo you know for ranking or bing if if there's anybody watching for the us um that yeah just just look at the results of like a search query that you will have found out about through talking to your audience for example or another way that i love doing it is going into google search control uh, google search console uh looking at the search queries the like the really long tail ones that are four or five six uh, uh words long and seeing right does it is there any content for that on youtube see what's appearing are the first like four or five um videos appearing from really small accounts well that means that a a well optimized video can probably rank at the very top of that uh, search query and the same for um for uh for google search as well look at which kind of queries are bringing through a little bit of traffic or you're getting some long tail uh, searches coming through to your website and have a look okay which other websites are ranking Mm, they're all a bit under optimized that's a gap i can fill that by just being the best um you know content available for that search query that, that i kind of learned that 2014 when i started uh, doing my travel blog and taking it seriously and learning about seo i was looking at travel terms and thinking about like okay everybody searches for um uh ukraine uh travel guide for example or like you know packing list but they might not be searching for uh kiev uh, on a budget for example um and that's like a, a not like a super long tail query but it's longer than just yeah. ukraine travel guide or something like that and i looked at the the content that was appearing they're all just small kind of travel blogs with not really much going on if i put a well optimized piece of content in that gap there's it's almost not guaranteed especially even today where it's nothing is guaranteed when it comes to google but it's gonna be much easier to rank in uh, at the top of that search query so the one thing we often recommend with um the B2B businesses we work with, we actually take a lot of pride in being able to make boring businesses do really well with like content marketing or ranking. So we look at those content gaps, like what are the long tail uh, queries that we, you could be first in that other people in your industry or you know, your uh, your niche within your industry aren't yet doing well with? Because uh, the majority of like B2B web- websites aren't particularly well optimized. They're just there because nobody else has really tried yet. I mean, it's really changing the last 12 months because of COVID. Can I say that word anymore? I don't know. I hope that's not demonetizing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, with, with uh, the coronavirus, um, a lot of businesses have kind of accelerated their adoption of digital marketing. 
and there are it's becoming way more competitive so for like those longer search queries as well so b2b businesses the boring ones boring i don't find them boring um yeah are having a slightly harder time than they were before but it is still it still can work for you just look for the the, the areas where people aren't and fill those up yeah agree agree completely and you know it's interesting that uh i usually search for topics that have a lack of quality content for example uh, i share with my competitors if you um uh type on google your keywords or on youtube it doesn't matter just uh, check out uh, the top 10 results and if you find that you can create content much better than existing content three times better uh, even 10 times better just create it even more you know i uh, will love to search for topics that have irrelevant content in the top 10 results that means mm. for example if you uh, type on google and see amazon or many other websites but content is irrelevant that means it's your chance uh, google doesn't know what to show <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, I've seen you, that a lot with with our clients, um, especially in the B two B space, where these boring businesses and industries, you know, selling like mechanical parts and stuff like that. Because we really we take care of you know every kind of industry you can think of. Um, the yeah, like some of the content is just just really not great. That Google is just constantly changing the top ten, like almost every day or every couple of weeks, they change it around. Is it an informational search? Is it a commercial search? They don't really know, so they'll try this, see what works. Is the click through rate okay? Are people bouncing back to the search? Um, you know, all this. Well, there's thousands of different things it could be, but they really don't know, so they'll just change it around. So. You know, until they figure it out, make sure that you have the right content that you believe is right for that query in that gap. So when they finally figure it out, they'll keep you at the top. Yeah, you mentioned a few times about uh, B2B that you prefer to cooperate with B2B businesses. How do uh, to differentiate uh, B2B and B2C? What's the main difference to create the strategy or uh, content for B2B? Do you know what? That's really. I, I know that there is a separation between B two B and B two C, but at the end of the day, you work. You're trying to speak to a person, so it doesn't matter if that person is the very, very end, and they're actually you know giving somebody money for the product or the service that they're they're um, being delivered, or you're selling to the person who then sends it. At the end of the day, it's a person, so you've got to speak directly to them. So you know, when I'm talking to like content writers or you know um, copywriters, copywriters don't really need this instruction, but always think of like who you're speaking to. Put yourself in their shoes and and write or tell them if you're doing it, you know, other media such as YouTube, write what you would want to read if you were in their position. So again, B2B, B2C, some things could be a bit tend to be a bit more exciting when it comes to B2C because you're trying to impress people, you're trying to convert them, but you're also trying to convert somebody in B2B. So you can do exciting stuff there. And that's another thing as well with boring businesses uh, <laughs> that a lot of the time, like people aren't doing exciting stuff. They're just doing, okay, this is a white paper about this subject. And it doesn't have to be like that. You can do something really exciting. Like you see some, um, some businesses doing like really well put together uh interactive assets that actually they're actually super useful but also they look good and they're they may be entertaining too like that's not just what uh b2c companies can do just because they have flashy ads or flashy uh, websites doesn't mean that b2b doesn't can't be like that as well um so yeah that's what that's like another great thing it's like you can fill the gap with content but you can also make the existing content way nicer to look at as well <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about copywriting. Uh, I, I often get this question: uh, How to find the right copywriter? For example, a few mm. years ago, uh, even uh, no, not few years ago. I mean, like ten years ago, uh, I uh, had a team of copywriters. Uh, but uh, today, uh, I think it's uh, old-fashioned technique when you have copywriters uh, who write about everything. You know, uh, they they don't know everything. Today, Google can consider uh, users' intent, experience, mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, many uh, webmasters have the struggle to find copywriters. For example, I tell them you need to. I feel this gap uh, to create this content, but uh, they reply, I don't know how to write. Uh, I have no time. Uh, I need to develop my product to improve quality because Mm. competition is fierce. Uh, What can I do? Uh, And uh, uh, it's not a good idea to hire copywriters who write about everything. For example, Mm. if I open it up work and search for copywriters, they provide, you know, I can uh, write about weight loss, finance, uh, Bitcoin. (laughs) Yeah. Anything, as long as it pays yeah and you know it's interesting that uh, for example uh i can't check the quality if uh, it's not digital marketing about digital marketing I can see yeah it's uh, nonsense you know it's uh, just rewriting nothing special without new insights uh, but uh, how to find copywriters for projects that have no time to uh, write or have no experience because I think it's uh, uh, writing uh, is skills as well. You can't uh, create awesome text without uh, this experience. It takes time to learn how to write. Um, yeah, share your insights about this. Yeah, well, this is going to be an interesting one because I don't, with, for example, with our copywriters, we have a team of copywriters that, are, uh, um, that handle our website development and they you know, create the content for those websites as well as revision of the new clients that we take on as well. But that's handled by the head of content marketing and, and you know, we have a head of that team as well. And I'm not really involved directly within mm-hmm. that. However, I know some of the ways in which they work. And one of the kind of key points for our copywriting team is... Um, being able to get like the right information directly from the client themselves. And one good point is that if you are dealing in a complicated space, um, it's always great to, to, you know, in our case, to kind of like hire somebody who really knows that subject really, really well, because, you know, the, the period of time which you can learn about that can take a while. But if you can hire somebody and who knows about that, brilliant. Uh, and there are like specialist websites you can do for that, uh, use for that. Um, I think there's like Collab Tree as well. is a good one for like medical space, science and stuff like that. You can find people through there. Um, but a good one when it's a subject that might be dry or you just it takes a little while to, to learn about it, get the client on the phone, hit record, and just get them to explain their product as if they were pitching it directly to the client. Because clients, they may they they will they're so romantic romantic about their product or their service. They they believe in it and that's why they have a business for it or they work for the, that particular business. Like I'm clearly really passionate about the businesses that we help or passionate about digital marketing. I really enjoy it. It's not just like a way to pay the bills for me. It's like I do it every day for the rest of my life. Um, if you can stick a camera in front of me or a microphone or something, I will talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And I, and then you can just transcribe that. You can do it automatically through companies like rev.com or through Descript, which I really, really love. Um, and then have a copywriter go through that and think, okay, these are the key points. Like a, a, a well, um, a well-trained copywriter will know exactly which bits to pull out, uh, how to, to, um, uh, condense it because a lot of time a client like me babbling on now, it could have been just three words or it could have been a shorter sentence. Let the copywriter use that kind of um, skill 
to condense it down. And, and that's how you get uh, a new landing page created. That's how you have a new blog post created. Tap into the client's um, uh, intelligence, their passion for whatever it is they're selling. And you, know, you get them to do it once and you always have that recording. You don't have to keep going back to them and bothering them when they're super busy. Just do it in one day or over a period of days. Right, describe this category to me. Describe this product to me. And just, you know, if you have a, a list of 100 products you need to do uh, content writing for, just work on the, the top five best sellers. Do that for the first month or the first week or whatever, and then do the next set. Do the next set. Um, that's one. That's one of like my favorite techniques for uh, getting really interesting copy created for uh, for industry. Well, B two B businesses or boring industries. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I want to share one secret. Uh, don't tell anyone. You know, yeah, okay. uh, very important. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, for example, when uh, someone uh, posts content uh, on their blogs, they usually share this content on social media. Uh, and uh, but they have no time uh, to promote this content on social media. They just uh, share on their social media and forget about this content. Mm. And uh, uh, but uh, I usually read uh, digital marketing blogs every day. And when I find good stuff, it doesn't matter. Even uh, big uh, experts, uh, I don't know, like uh, Brian Dean, uh, Neil Patel, they usually uh, yeah they have a big audience on their social media accounts, but uh, they don't care a lot about uh, promoting this content. And um, yeah, I usually you know take this content convert to a uh, format that works uh, on LinkedIn and get mm. a lot of insights, engagement, high engagement. And um, uh, let's talk about repurposing content. For example, um, uh, yeah, uh, we have no time to create a lot of valuable content. Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, time is limited, restricted uh, a lot. And uh, how to repurpose content uh, uh, from your experience? Uh, for example, um, if you uh, create content strategy uh, for uh, for a blog uh, and for a repurpose to video format, uh, possible audio format or, or social media post, share your insights. I absolutely love this subject. This one I was talking with, uh, I, ha I have a new um, marketing specialist to join my team. Um, we've been discussing like, the process of promoting our own content. Um, and I just love the bit that you can basically take a pair of scissors to every piece of content you create and just cut it down into smaller and smaller pieces. So we're talking about outreach and how you can promote a, uh, a blog post or a new guide or something you can cr you know, you've can you created and how you want to get that in front of the right audience. You also want to make uh, earn backlinks as well or you know, work to have them created um one thing you can do if you have a, a top 10 list of um uh top 10 ideas for promoting um, a live stream for example take the first three turn that into a blog post take the next three turn that into a blog post take the next three turn that into a blog post so you've got three blog posts out of those 10 tips that you've already written you just need to revise the copy a little bit or you can just you know bring that piece of content in front of me that's uh 10 pieces sorry 10 tips turn that into three videos for three tips. Okay, so that's three TikTok videos, sorted, easy. You just take what you have and just repurpose it. I know it, I know it sounds like an easy thing to say, but it really is that simple. You just got to set aside the time to do it. So, I mean, like one of the mistakes that I made at the very beginning of my marketing career was like trying to just create as much content as possible. And I was doing like five blog posts a week and like, that must be the way it works. You just create as much as possible. No, the best thing to do is create one amazing blog post that month and then create all of the promotional stuff which is really going to make that blog post work in the first place so you know spend 
four hours, eight hours, 10 hours, whatever you like on the blog post itself or the guide or what have you, or the video. Um, and then see how you can chop that up into smaller pieces. So at the moment, with our own videos, for example, we have a, a YouTube channel that has like a weekly video on a Monday. We then throw that into Descript and then pull out three videos or three audiograms or, uh, uh, you know, you take basically what's already there and then put those on all of the different channels. Make sure they, they're as much, you know, as tailored towards each audience as you can. Um, and yeah, just cross promote. So for example, in that case, the three audiograms promote our podcast, which does quite well as well. So yeah, that would have started as a blog post, became a YouTube video, became social media videos, became a podcast, became a Twitter thread, became who knows what. Like one really interesting way I saw people using uh, threads in a different way is they were in a, in a Slack community for marketing. And instead of doing a thread on Twitter, they just did exactly the same thing, but they did that as a thread within Slack instead. So you do your main points and then just you know, add another couple of things in the thread there and, you know, say, I'll answer questions at, at the end, check back in 24 hours and just respond to the comments. So a thread works on Twitter. It clearly works on the Slack communities as well. The same thing. I mean, there's probably other ways of doing threads that I can't think of. Uh, Telegram, for example, do the first post, maybe to your own channel and then follow it up in the chat that they have on their channel chat with the second point, the third point, the fourth point. Oh, and by the way, go look at my video. Oh, by the way, there's a podcast if you prefer to do that instead. Or if you don't wanna miss any updates, make sure you sign up for my email mailing list as well. And so on and so on and so on. <laughs> by the way, I don't think that uh, that was mistake from your side about uh, creating a lot of content. Uh, you know, for, for, uh, <laughs> I can explain why, you know, because I think, um, uh, Consistency is experience, you know, when you create a lot of content, uh, you can gain uh, experience and knowledge, uh, but uh, of course it's better to uh, post this content on social media, you know, because yeah, I, I know sure. that, yeah, uh, many people uh, proclaim that uh, you should create only quality content, quality content, but it's not true, you know, if you have no experience, you can create quality content. Uh, when you create a lot of uh, content at scale, you can improve your confidence, quality, uh, and uh, but you should uh, only uh, think where to post this content. Content. For example, if it doesn't work for Google, then do it on social media. Uh, your posts uh, might die for for a day, two days, and yeah, you can forget about them if you can't get high engagement. Um, and uh, I've learned this approach from Gary V, uh, and uh, he uh, shares that uh, consistency is more important than uh, uh, quality, uh, and quantity is uh, more important than quality because you can get experience. Uh, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's only about uh, the way where you post this content and submit information. Yeah, uh, yeah. I totally agree. I I definitely yeah. agree. I think that the, the reason that my travel blog took off and then the, all the digital marketing that I've done since then uh, really took off is because I put those reps in. So people always talk about like 10,000 hours to learn something. Um, you know, I like to kind of think of things like, can I do like a this post a hundred times? Can I do an SEO audit a hundred times? Which actually I was talking with, um, we started a, a digital marketing mentorship program, uh, Exposure Ninja, um, which started in October uh, this month. And I spoke to the two people I'm mentoring uh, last week. And one of the recommendations I said to them was, you, 
go get Screaming Frog or whatever your, your preferred site auditing tool is and just audit a site every day for the next 30 days. We'll speak then. And I can tell you now that your, your skill set, your ability to see what's wrong with a website will be so much higher than if you just did one now and one in a week, one now, one in a month and so on. So just do as many as you can in the time that you have to do it. So yeah, I agree with you that it's better to put out as many... Um, pieces of content uh, as it takes you to learn to be really good at using that particular channel. But you definitely got to focus, in my opinion, on being able to put at least like something really strong that's going to earn traction. So then my problem, not problem, but the one drawback of social media is there's nothing really evergreen about it. Like if I put a tweet out today, it may be still around in a week and still getting numbers or the same with LinkedIn. It can still hang around for like 10 days. After that 10 days, it's gone. Whereas with... Um, yeah blog posts guides uh, you know articles stuff like that. that can stick around for a long time like i well the only exception i can think of straight uh, at the moment is um uh, pinterest where when i was using it in 2014 2015 i had a pin that did really well and it was still bringing me like millions of visitors like a year two years later so that was the only one i can really think of that has any kind of like evergreen potential but yeah blog posts write it 20 uh, Write it today. In a year, it'll still be earning you traffic. Next, the year after, it'll be earning you traffic. It could be earning you traffic for a long time, as well as long as you go back and make sure it's still relevant, still kind of up to date for changes in your industry, or if it includes data statistics, that that is as up to date as it can be as well. So, yeah, I really love social media, and I think that you really need to get your reps in, and be you know, that will help you develop. Um, but evergreen content is is still, in my opinion, probably the best thing you can really invest your time in. Yeah, I have um, some cheeky questions. Uh, mm. You mentioned that um, uh, you love data, yes, and you love to talk uh, with customers, yes, with people uh, to learn their insights. Uh, it's not cheeky, by the way. It's more about uh, sharing your experience. Uh, how to combine data? and uh, uh, customers experience for example i often see when marketers rely a lot on data for example they check out keyword difficulty estimation and many other stuff uh, yeah these metrics are good uh, but uh, the uh, estimation and uh, the average data it doesn't mean it works for your audience and for example when uh, someone uh, uh, proclaimed that you should write 2000 words blog post uh, <laughs> check out, uh, check out Forbes, you know, <laughs> short post. Uh, it doesn't mean that um, uh, Forbes uh, uh, knows something different. It's more about audience. Their audience uh, doesn't have time to read step-by-step <laughs> uh, -step guides. Uh, how to find this balance between um, uh, when you uh, crafting your content between average data and uh, customers' points of view? Uh, the best thing to do is to kind of put that content before people. So, I mean, if you're fortunate, you can, it really depends on the size of your business and how much time you have, but you can put together like a cohort or group of people that you turn to, to get feedback from. So, um, for example, we have a pretty well-engaged audience of, um, people that come to our, um, our live stream. So I do a live stream every Friday on our YouTube channel. Um, and you know, if I wanted to, or you know, in some businesses case, you could collect those people together in a private group, a private Facebook group and say, hey, I'm creating this piece of content and I want it to be as useful to you as possible. What's missing from this draft that I've created here? And you can start to get that feedback. And then once you have that, that um, feedback, you can improve your content and get it out there, then start to look at the data. So if, you know, in 
the majority of cases i'm trying to create something that uh will do well on youtube or will do well on on search after a period of time i'll be able to go into the analytics and see okay well the the retention rate of this video not where we're on it what's missing from it that i can uh do better for next time maybe recreate that video remove the previous one if i if i feel like that's the best thing to do or with uh, in particular website content which is the majority of where traffic comes from for the, for all of our clients um how do i need how can i improve that page google analytics is telling me that um the bounce rate is high okay well then there's clearly something wrong it either doesn't match the search intent or it's too dry or it's just text and people are looking for videos or images or infographics instead use use that kind of data to determine well, but the engagement on this blog post is not where I need it. Clearly, X is missing or Y is missing. Or if you need to, you know, like for, for us, we use Hotjar a lot. Start to look at blog posts and see, okay, people are not even getting 50% of the way down the blog post. So there's no point putting all that content together. What's wrong with that first 50% or 25% that means that people don't like this? Is the introductory um, paragraph not good? Is it too wordy? Or is it not worthy enough in some subjects? So some subjects they need to be really deep and dry and not interesting to you or I, but really interesting to the industries or the people within that industry, uh, like science and medical. You actually want as much depth there as possible. But for something like, I don't know, the best water bottle to buy, you can be less wordy and just straight to the point. So, yeah. Speak to people, maybe create a group or cohort of people that you turn to and say, I need your opinion on it. Could this be better? What's missing? Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be many people, three, four or five people that you trust to be honest with you, um, as well as then use Google Analytics data or whichever analytics suite you use, as well as all those other tools like Hotjar, Lucky Orange and um, what have you. So just because you press publish on it doesn't mean you can't go back and revise it. So get an opinion on it beforehand and get analytics opinion on it afterwards as well yeah and uh, you talked about um, uh, live streaming on uh, thursday uh, okay um, yeah, it's interesting that um, uh, once i told my client uh, we need to provide some different approaches uh, uh, it's not only about seo of course it's better to uh, or start to podcast or uh, live streaming uh, and he replied to me uh, it's hard you know, it's hard to live stream, it's hard to uh, create audio podcast. Uh, from my experience, uh, it's hard to create a high quality, valuable blog post, you know, because it takes mm. time to learn, uh, to gain all these insights, to craft all of them. Uh, and we, we need a team, editor, uh, content manager, uh, designer, uh, web developer who will optimize all this content. Mm. And he, 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 uh, from my experience, it costs a lot more than uh, any video or audio content. Uh, can you share your insights about live streams? Uh, how you get uh, results with live streams? Do you sell your products or it's more about creating brand awareness? Um, for us, for me in particular, uh, as the head of marketing for our digital marketing agency, it's all about kind of uh, make sure that more people are aware of us and that they're getting insights. So a key thing for us is that people are not just coming and being entertained for a little while, it's so they can go away and do something with information that they're, they're, they're hearing about. Um, so all our streams are a dissection of, of websites. So um, for example, every other week or every third week, we do a live website review. So people come along, submit their websites, and then we just analyze them. They tell us, right, 
I'm not getting enough ranking. I'm not getting enough traffic. I'm not getting enough sales. And we just dissect it and say, okay, well, you're not getting enough sales because of X and you could be getting high rankings because of Y. Um, and I thought, what I really like about the live streams is that you, as you say, it doesn't really need as much preparation beforehand. Um, you can just hit record. You don't need a super amazing webcam. It doesn't even have to be like a super expensive setup. You can use like StreamYard, uh, which I'm a big fan of that we use in turn, uh, for, for our live streams as well. You can just hit record and you know, you can do it on your phone. You can do it on a tablet. You can do it on your computer. As long as you do your preparation beforehand and think, right, what is it that people, you know, going back all the way to the very beginning of our conversation, what is it that would people would find interesting and it would come to my channel repeatedly to see? So for us, it's the live website review that does well, but we also started to add some other formats as well, um, like more like classic webinars in which we dissect a particular subject. We started doing an AMA so people can ask questions about um, ask one of our uh, heads of department or our team leaders or our senior strategists about, okay, what should I know about CRO or what should I know about paid social, paid search and so on. So I find that that form is really good. And it doesn't take more than me, two lights, a webcam and somebody else on the other side with uh, that as well. So you could do it on your own, but the best thing is really like audience participation as well. So it's great that you can do live streams, but it comes back to an, that point that we keep coming back to, how to promote it. Like it, if you just fire up um, StreamYard and you connect it to all your accounts, if you've not really got an audience on those accounts, you're going to struggle to bring people in. So you really have to, you know, 20% of your time doing the setup, 80% of the time doing the promotion to make sure people, uh, you know, show up every week or every other week or whenever you decide to do uh, those live streams. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that uh, my team uses the same approach, uh, reviewing website uh, on live streams, <laughs> but uh, for my Russian YouTube channel. And yeah, mm. um, it works well, you know, yeah, uh, they, uh, we got uh, around uh, 50, uh, from 50 to 100 leads uh, each live stream and they usually uh, review uh, if I remember correctly, like five ten because they have no time, you know, to provide a lot of insights. But yeah, a lot mm. of reviews, and uh, we'll send them uh, commercial proposals after uh, mm. the webinars uh, if we can't cover them. Yeah, it works well. Okay. Uh, uh, in the end, uh, tell uh, how people can reach out to you, find uh, more about you, learn about you, and uh, or, or order your services. Absolutely. So uh, you can reach me via this email address. That's uh, dale.exposioninja.com. Uh, you can also reach me on Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. Search for Dale Davies. I almost guarantee that I'll be the top person there because there aren't many of us with that name. Uh, but if you are interested in our free marketing review, uh, you just go to exposioninja.com forward slash review and you can submit your business details there and we will get back in touch with you and try to uh, send you a video within one to two days. Depends on uh, how many requests you get through. Um, we get thousands every year, so we do our best there but yeah it's exposureninja.com forward slash review otherwise you can come to our youtube channel search youtube uh, exposure ninja you'll see us there you'll see a weekly video from tim cameron kitchen who's our founder every monday a shorter video on a wednesday which does marketing analysis of some exciting companies and then the live stream with me every friday at 1 p.m bst currently or 1 p.m whatever time of year um and yeah um come and chat with me it's always fun to meet people in new locations so yeah do come along
Yeah, thanks a lot for all your insights. Okay, guys, you can find all these mentioned links uh, in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Spotify, Google. Thanks for your time. It's valuable. You, you share a lot of insights. Yeah, I enjoy the process because many think that uh, I create content. No way. <laughs> I'm learning, you know, <laughs> from the, <laughs> from experts. And yeah, it's a big pleasure to learn from you. That's great talking to you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.